Welcome to Coach to Coach, a podcast dedicated to showcasing the power of coaching. I'm your host, Dr. Katie Linder, and I offer coaching to academics and higher education professionals to bring more ease to their lives and work. Before you dive into this episode, here's a quick introduction to the structure of the show. In each season of Coach to Coach, a new guest coach will come on the show to demonstrate a range of coaching tools and strategies. The first episode will offer you an introduction to the guest coach. Then I'll coach the guest, and they'll coach me for the next six episodes, and always on real topics and issues we're dealing with in our own lives. Each season will end with a debrief episode where we'll talk about how the season went and offer any updates on the topics covered in earlier episodes. It might make the most sense to start each season in the beginning and listen to the episodes in order. This season, I'm delighted to introduce you to Dr. Katie Peplin. Katie specializes in working with graduate students and offers them a community and network to support their needs and help them to live whole lives while pursuing their degrees. Now, on to the episode. All right. So, Katie, I'm so excited to be back coaching you again. Um, it's been a little bit of time since we last checked in and had a session and we've had a little bit of a conversation about what we want to structure this session around but the first question I kind of want to ask is how are you feeling how are you landing today Um, how are your energy tanks so to speak (laughs) that's a good question so I feel like my energy tanks are rising Okay. Um, they felt pretty low yesterday. I did. It, so as we record this, it's Saturday morning. Uh, I did go to bed last night at like seven forty at night. <laughs> yeah. My partner and I got home and I pretty much went directly to bed. Um, and it's, it's been kind of a long week. So, um, I did get like 10 hours of sleep last night and feel kind of rejuvenated from that. Um, I have a massage scheduled for later today. So awesome. this is like self-care central, like really trying to <laughs> be careful yes. about, um, taking care of myself. And, and actually I think this session is part of that. Um, and just okay. trying to focus in on what's important. And, um, so yeah, I feel like my, you know, my energy tanks are being replenished today. Okay, great. So I would like to hear from kind of you, because I think the way that we talk about the focus of the session, sometimes even the language that we use can be so, um, juicy to dig into. Um, if there's one thing or one goal or one takeaway for this call, how would you describe like your ultimate kind of what we're building an arc towards today? So I was thinking about this this morning, and I think what I really want to focus on, um, also as we record this, it's the tail end of the month um, in September, and we're launching into the last 90-ish days of the year, last quarter Ooh, of the, the yeah. year. I know it's like unbelievable. Um, and I am feeling the need to kind of re- check in or not reset, but kind of check in with my values. And I feel like I have some... Um, I don't know, like forks in the road coming up, some bigger decisions for myself um, around just like what I want to prioritize, some professional decisions I'm making right now around projects. And it seems like a good time to kind of do that values check-in and kind of get rooted again in what is it that I really want to be remembering and focusing on in this last quarter of the year. And especially in the midst of lots of travel, you know, like it seems like there could be lots of distractions. Mm. Um, And I definitely have some concrete goals of what I'm trying to do in the next 90 days. Um, But that values check-in I think would be really helpful. Yeah. So a lot of times when I am talking with clients about values and goals, I think about like goals as sort of the concrete thing that we're building toward the checklist, you know, the, the structures, the projects, and then being aligned with our values can kind of be like the bridge between our internal energy resources and those projects, right? It's not to say that you can't like lean over a chasm and push a rock forward. But if you have a bridge, like if you can see how it's, it's connecting back to that sense of energy or kind of forward movement or the desire to kind of keep going, it's so much easier to push when you're not leaning over just an open chasm. Mm -hmm. So um, when you talk about checking in with your values, is this a preset value like list? Do you have kind of a touchstone of what those values are or are we kind of renaming or reshaping them? 
So I definitely have a list that I've used in the past. Um, But I also feel like there is a possibility for renaming and reshaping. So I want to be open to that. Um, And I think also I have some values that I've kind of shared more publicly that feel very aligned with my professional life Mm -hmm. and my my kind of superpowers. Um, But I also am feeling a pull toward And I don't know, it's interesting. The question I'm kind of asking myself in my mind is, do I also have some more personal values that are driving Mm -hmm. some of these things? And um, that's where I'm kind of feeling pulled to right now. And part of this is because this kind of general season for me is feeling like a lot of internal work. It's feeling like a rest Mm -hmm. season. I'm feeling like I'm turning inward a lot more. And so as I'm kind of moving forward, I just want to make sure that I'm not missing something that, you know, I really do want to be using as a guide post as I'm working toward some of these projects and goals. Okay. Um, That's really helpful. And I think that lots of us do have sort of like stated named goal values that, that are kind of like our banner flags. Like you'll know me by (laughs) these values. And then there's often flags that are like coming up the pole or flags that might be coming down the pole in terms of importance. Like some of us have just like really consistent standard bearers, so to speak, but some of us are usually moving certain things up and down that kind of scale. Um, so I definitely hear and understand that, like that sense of there are some things that are coming forward. There's some things that might be coming into a season where they're kind of resting a little bit. And it's just kind of important to take stock of what's on the up and what, what might be feeling like it needs a little bit less emphasis. Yeah. That's a very helpful metaphor to think about. And I think about this often as like front burner, back burner, you know, like there's certain things that as, as projects or ideas get moved to the front burner, certain values are going to come to the forefront and it's, there's a balancing act, but I don't feel like every value is always hundred percent, you know, in existence. And you're right. Things kind of go up and down in terms of um, the season that you're in. And so that's a really helpful metaphor. Awesome. So, okay. So what is one of the flags that you feel like would be helpful for us to talk about today? Um, And if you could sort of say, like, if you feel like it's coming up or if you feel like this is one that we need to kind of put down a little bit. So one of my values that has been pretty consistent is creativity, Mm. but I feel like it's, I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like it's like maturing in a way where like the creativity used to be full of like energy, like lots of energy, lots of production, lots of, you know, sharing. And now it feels a lot more quiet Mm -hmm. and it feels a lot more intentional and it feels a lot more just mature, I guess. And I've recently pulled back. I'm not producing so many podcast episodes. I'm thinking carefully about blog posts that I'm writing and things like that. And as I'm developing my coach training program, I'm having to do it just because of my schedule very slowly, very steadily, you know, like I'm not really able to binge a whole lot in terms of just like taking a weekend and knocking out, you know, 15,000 words or whatever. Um, So anyway, that's one that's, I don't feel like it's going up or down necessarily, but I do feel like it's transforming. So if we were going to use the kind of flag metaphor, I feel like if it was one color, now it's becoming a different color. You know, like it's, it's just kind of shifting in terms of what it looks like, but it's still very core to who I am and what I do. Um, even though it feels kind of different to me right now. Yeah. So when you talk about it sort of shifting a color and I love that metaphor and I, I know, um, like what's coming up for me is thinking about artists. Um, so if you've ever like followed an artist's career, often in kind of the beginning, there are these sort of like wild, expansive, almost explosive stages where they're trying out different mediums and they're trying out different colors. And then there can be periods where they sort of settle in to more of a, like a refined exploration of just like, I'm thinking of like Picasso's blue period where yeah. mm-hmm. instead of having like all of the colors, he just really dove in and was like, okay, let's really get to to know blue. Um, and so I'm, I'm wondering, as you think about the sort of creativity, how does it feel? Like, does it feel more um, like constructively limited? Does it feel more um, uh, 
purposefully focused? Um, what are the kind of like words or images or colors or sounds that come up when you think about how it feels right now today? Mm. Um, I mean, the word that immediately came to mind was that it feels safe. Mm. It feels like a place to rest and to kind of settle into. Yeah. At the same time though, particularly around the coach training, it does feel a little bit scary because I'm having to really, well, maybe that's not the right word to use. Um, Let me try to describe it. I think that part of the challenge of the coach training creation has been, I really need to be settled into a coaching mindset, especially Mm -hmm. when I'm writing the guide. Like there's a calmness there uh, and there's like a way that I have to write and explain what I'm talking about it's not like I can just jot down notes. I mean, like it's not hurried. It's not, you know, like, and I think some of my other creative projects, it's just kind of something that's flowing out of me. And so I just do it as quickly as possible and try to get, you know, my ideas out. Whereas with the coach training, it feels a lot more like it's coming from a very deep place. And I have to be thoughtful about when I do that. And it's interesting because as a writer, I've all, and as of someone who kind of coaches other writers, I'm not someone who kind of believes in the excuse of like, you have to be in the perfect place and the perfect, you know, setting yeah. and all of this. Um, however, I do feel like there is like this mindset shift that's happening for me when I'm doing that kind of writing because coaching, one of the reasons I'm drawn to it is that it's not always a natural state of mind for me. And right. I have to come from a different kind of mindset in order to do it well. And, um, so that's, I think part of what is making it feel so scary may not be the right word, but definitely kind of like, I have to be open in a different kind of way. I'm doing a different kind of writing than I normally do. And like any writing project that I haven't really shared yet, you know, the truth will be in when people actually read it. Is it helpful to them? Is it not helpful to them? Am I communicating what I hope to be communicating in the way that I want? You know, all of those questions are kind of unanswered right now. Um, So I think that it's the reason I think it feels safe is that when I'm doing it, it's like a balm. I mean, it's, it's like a really relaxing experience because it's like, I'm almost self-coaching as I'm doing it because I'm thinking about, how would I describe this? You know, like I'll take a certain coaching strategy or technique or something and really try to break it down. And so anyway, I mean that it it feels, you know, it different in that, like it feels slower. Like that would be a good way to describe it. Um, It feels a lot more slow and intentional and I look forward to it. (laughs) Like when I can actually build it into my schedule, it's something that I'm really enjoying right now. Yeah. It sounds to me like as I'm listening to you talk, um, a lot of the language that you're using really reminds me of conversations that I've had with people who are um, athletes that, um, you know, are at the top of kind of their physical game, they're swimmers, they're runners, and they have muscles that have been like so finely tuned to work in this one certain way and then the kind of pleasure that some of these people have experienced when they've started a different kind of physical exercise like a switch to yoga is the context that I'm thinking of it and it's not that you're any less strong or that your body isn't any able it's just you're using everything that you know how to do in a completely different configuration and so there's kind of like some unexpected pleasures of like oh it feels really good when I stretch out my hamstring or like wow this pose feels really powerful and it's nothing like what I'm used to doing but isn't it amazing to see how these things that like I've always kind of viewed in a really similar kind of relationship to their output can actually be really strong and powerful in this other completely different context yeah that's a really that metaphor and the artist metaphor are really speaking to me um that this is and it's so interesting because I feel like I talk with some of my own clients about this concept of when you get to a certain place in your career, sometimes you don't realize that you've made a transition or that you are in a different place than you once were. And so this, I feel like I'm in that time right now. I feel like I'm very much in a, like I was in a heavy growth period for a long time. And now I feel like that growth period is not necessarily ending, but it's definitely softening. Yeah. And now I'm just kind of sitting and settling and it feels really good. This was right. a word that I kind of chose for this season was like 
settling in. And I feel really good about that. Um, but yeah, it is different. It's, it's a different feeling. And for someone who for a long time has been going very fast (laughs) with a lot of things, you know, like it's very intentional to, to do that slowing. And I mean that, I guess what I'm wondering is if there's a value in there around slow around, you know, what are the things that are affiliated with that? The other word that comes to mind for me is quiet. I have been seeking quiet so much in the past, like several (laughs) months, like anywhere I can get it. And and I'm just like, I can't get enough of it. Like the solitude, the quiet. Um, And so in the past, that has always meant like an incubation period. Um, So that could be part of it, but there is something around that, the slowness, the quiet, the solitude that is definitely important for me right now. Right. Um, so when you think about kind of that space, because what I'm hearing is that they're, they're kind of values and they're shifting and sort of looking different because the context that you've got them in is completely different. Like <laughs> in the way that certain colors can look different when they're next to other colors. Like I right. think part of what's going on is that you have all of these values and you're saying like, okay, like they still feel core to me. They still feel important to me. I don't think that they're shifting in their kind of like essence but they just seem new to me because there's this new kind of zone of quiet. And I wonder if it might be useful to dig into kind of that overall context of that, that space feeling different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, some language around that, and then maybe that might help see the kind of like bigger zoomed out picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could. I mean, I, when you said that the immediate yeah. thing that came to mind was, there's another value of mine that is also kind of shifted. I have a value around documentation, which yeah. is really tied to podcasting and blogging and really sharing out what's happening with me sure. for the purpose of helping other people. And in this season of the last several months, it has been very tied to morning pages and journaling, mm-hmm. which has not been a form of documentation that I have yeah. previously <laughs> used. So that's another really good example of how right. I have a value and it's like taken on a new form. Yeah. And I was just this morning, I didn't, I wasn't able to finish before our call, but I just went back because I just finished like volume one of my <laughs> morning pages. It represents yeah. like four months of my life. And um, I, I'm going back through and reading and kind of highlighting the things yeah. in there that feel, you know, um, meaningful um, right. for right. this season. And I've never done that before, you know, as a practice of like going back and revisiting. So I think that there's just, you know, I, I'm excited to dig into this and kind of think about the context because I do see a lot of these things shifting and it wasn't something I was kind of consciously aware of, but now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, this is actually happening in a lot of areas right now where I'm like, I'm, something is taking on a new form. The value is there as strong as it's ever been, but it's kind of looking different. It's just looking really different. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I think about, and I actually talk about this a lot with my clients, is the sort of difference between the like <laughs> the external seasons of creation and then the internal seasons of creation. Um, and I am a person that like draws a lot of how I understand the world from like watching natural things. I live really close to this beautiful, like 700 acre nature preserve. And so most days I'm in the park watching things grow and then things be not growing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I talk a lot with my clients about how, um, a lot of the things that our professional lives demand from us are output-based, they're production-based, you know, Mm -hmm. deliver this, do this, make this, write this, and that um, nothing in nature is productive all year in this sort of like outwardly producing. But um, most plants, like left to their own devices, will have like a series of kind of like just really expansive growth, like a seedling that grows an inch, you know, in in two weeks. (laughs) And then that slows to kind of taper so they bear fruit. And then there is this kind of season of um, fallowness, but it's really easy to say, well, this is like, this is shutting down or this isn't productive time, but what it's actually doing is like enriching the soil and (laughs) reproducing for the next generation. Um, But I'm wondering what kind of metaphors, so like that, that, that cycle of seed to plant, to harvest, to, to sort of reaping, 
and then recharging is my metaphor. Is there one that you think of in terms of like the life cycle of your energy? So that one actually fits really well because (laughs) what I immediately connected to was I feel like I've just gotten to the point where I've like had a lot of the fruit happen. And it's interesting because I can think about it's helpful, I think, for me to think about this in more of a long-term trajectory over the past couple of years, for example, um, I've had four books come out and all of the dissemination strategies and the speaking and all that that comes along with that, in addition to just like the writing part and the finishing things up and editing and all of that, um, that I think has felt like I definitely came to a point where I was like, I have another book coming out in January and I was like, okay, I'm done. You know, like I, for at least a while, I need to take a break. Like my pipeline has been very full, very strong and I need to pause and, and just let it lie, you know, like let it be fallow. But what I connected to when you were saying about kind of the nutrients coming back is in some ways, I think I feel like I'm coming out of a time where I was very nutrient depleted Mm. and not necessarily in a physical way, maybe, maybe there was some burnout there, but also in the sense of like, I kind of gave everything I had (laughs) and did it in a very public way. And now it was like, okay, like I need to regroup. I need to kind of gather my thoughts and kind of think about what I want to do. And so in some ways, the developing of the coach training, there's a manual and it's kind of like a book, but it's not, it, right. it doesn't take the same amount of research. It, it is producing quite a bit of writing, but it feels more reflective than mm-hmm. anything else, which I think is a very different kind of writing than what I've been doing for the past couple of years. So yes, definitely a feeling of like, it's interesting to think about the values from that perspective right. of like, how do your values look when you're depleted and how can you lean into those values. Mm-hmm. I think about it like like if I if I was like physically unwell and I had right. to like lean against a wall, you know, like yeah. to like hold myself up. I feel like that's kind of what my values are right now for me. Right. And I don't mean to sound like overly dramatic. Like I don't want no. anyone listening to be like, <laughs> oh my gosh, she's like, you know, really strong. Send a wellness check. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I don't feel like that. It doesn't feel like a crisis, I guess is my point. Yeah. It feels like a very natural Mm-hmm. phase. Like when you describe yeah. the cycle of the plants, I was like, yeah, this feels like a natural part of giving of myself in a lot of different ways over a relatively short period of time. Now I'm like kind of turning inward and re- yeah. recuperating from that and trying to figure out what are the nutrients that I need. And my values are shifting how they look mm-hmm. because I need different things in this quote unquote right. season of yeah. kind of recuperation. Yeah. So I'm really connecting with what you're saying about like the soil (laughs) and like nutrients, because I think so many of us can kind of sustain like the, the, the natural processes that like the plant draws from the soil. Right. And then, um, sometimes we can supplement that with like fertilizer (laughs) in my brain. I often think about caffeine because I both use it because I love it, but I definitely use it as a tool and sometimes misuse it as a tool as a way to like overcome a lack of like in the ground right. nutrients, right? right, right. <laughs> like if you've ever watched a plant that's been like exclusively fertilized in poor soil, like it usually doesn't, it might have beautiful flowers, but like the stems aren't very thick or it's not going to be robust enough to kind of like fruit for the next season. It might get to this certain place, but it's not, um, it's not a well-balanced, sustainable growth. <laughs> So I'm really connecting with this idea that like there's nothing inherently scary or wrong or bad about that second half of the cycle, but because it is so internal, if you're used to having things that are external, it can feel really different or jarring mm-hmm. to be like, oh, I've been, you know, sitting here enriching my soil and I have no way to demonstrate that outwardly in the ways that I'm used to demonstrating outwardly what my fields are doing. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because I, I can, I think I can honestly say that is not a super big concern for me right now, but okay. I think in part yeah. it's because I'm tired Yeah, and I, I'm like, I'm, it's okay. 
You know, like I've, I've absolutely given myself permission (laughs) to like basically pull back. And and especially for example, like when I pulled back from the podcasting, I, it was like out of necessity. I mean, it was like, I have too much on my plate. I see that. What can I do to like actively, you know, um, take care of myself and make sure that I'm not overdoing it. But I also feel like very (sighs) trusting in myself. Right that like, it's totally fine. And like you said, because it feels so normal and natural, Mm -hmm. I don't feel any sense of like needing to explain it, needing to, you know, compensate. Yeah. Yeah. Justify it. It's like, well, of course this is how it works. And it's actually super helpful from the perspective of, and I think you do this really well, Katie, of like, when we were coaching a client, there's so much of your personal that can get tied into that around like, I, yeah. you understand, you know, what they're going yeah. through because you have been through that or you've, you've done right. something similar. This feels like that to me too, is like, I yeah. understand what it feels like to be depleted. I understand right. the <coughs> capacity shifts yeah. that happen when you feel depleted and you're like, I don't have capacity for what I used to be able to do for X, Y, Z right. reason. And so I do have to shift and kind of think about what those things look like. Um, but it also does feel like a very important, like it feels cyclical, but it also feels like a fork in the road to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does feel like, or not even maybe, maybe that's not the, not the right metaphor. Like, it's not like I'm choosing, it's more like I'm letting go Mm. of something. So I'm, I'm moving forward in a direction and part of moving forward in that direction means leaving behind some of the other kinds of practices that I used to have. And it, for me, feels very tied to aging. I don't know why (laughs) I don't feel I'm not super old, but I do feel like this sense of like, it's, it's maturation. Like this is normally what will happen is you will learn new things about yourself. You will develop in new ways. You will be able to give different gifts to the world. And through that, you're going to change like things will just evolve. So maybe evolution is a better way to think about it. Like the cycle is there, but there's also this kind of evolution of like in the next season, when I do bloom, the blossoms are going to look really different. Really different. Yeah. The, the image that's coming to my mind is like somebody who's lost their training wheels, (laughs) like biking has been the consistent part of it, but you're in a space right now where some of the practices that you use to kind of like nurture that value as it was coming into being in the way that your life is now, like you might not need those tools or you might need different tools to support it than you did to kind of like build it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And I, I very much relate to that sense of, um, I feel like a lot of my early professional career was supporting my values until I was confident enough to let them stand on their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. I'm hearing a lot of that in what you're saying is that like, <laughs> you don't, um, you're ready to kind of let these things to trust that you, um, that they're, they're the way they mean to be. Right. Well, and you had said something earlier that really stuck with me too around experimentation. Mm. And I think that there was absolutely a period of that. Yeah. And it's ongoing. I mean, I won't say it's over, but I think that it was experimentation, but in a way that felt a little bit like flailing around, (laughs) like, (laughs) I'm going to try this over here and see what happens. And, and really like, um, like my friend and colleague, Sarah Langworthy always says, following the energy of like, you know, what's going on. Um, I feel like now there's experimentation less. Mm -hmm. And when it is there, it feels really purposeful and, and very measured and um, thoughtful about like, okay, let me try this based on data, based on past experience. I'm going to go in this direction. And for example, this, this podcast right now, coach to coach, this is a great example of that, of like, this is a kind of an experimental thing, but I have a good foundation of podcasting. I kind of know how to do this. Um, I, it feels very aligned with what I'm trying to do with my coaching and my coach training. And I mean, there's lots of things there's, there's an alignment factor there that feels really strong to me. And so it was a choice. It was a, a choice that I made to kind of go in this direction. Um, and it was not flailing like zero amount of flailing when it comes to coach to coach. So I think that there's also, that's a kind of interesting thing. And it, I guess the, 
the big message I want to give, especially for people who might be entering into a period like this, who are listening to this, um, for me, at least right now, it actually feels really good. Yeah. Like even as I'm kind of depleted and like trying to figure out next steps and, and where I want my focus and energy and priorities to be, the settling in part feels Mm -hmm. very good. (laughs) Like it feels like this is absolutely the right direction. There are a lot of unknowns in front of me with this direction, but there is a sense of alignment that feels very strong Mm -hmm. and very kind of like I'm consistently moving forward into the right direction. Yeah. So which brings up a question that I think is kind of important when we're talking about transition points. And it sounds like what you're describing is this sort of like bigger transition in a lot of places is um, right now, everything feels kind of aligned and you feel like a sense of peace and calm. What are the ways that you um, know, or like, what are the kind of signals that the transition is something that needs a little more attention or Mm -hmm. things might be coming out of alignment. Um, Because I think that when we're in a period of kind of redefining or renaming or reacquainting ourselves with values in a different context, it's sometimes important to say, okay, this feels pretty good right now. How will I know when um, I might need more support or more active intervention Um, How will I know if I kind of drift out of that alignment? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. So the kind of immediate response that I had to that was, there are things that are happening um, either right now or in the near future that feel like disruptions. Mm. And disruption is not always bad. So I want to be clear about that. Yeah. But the disruption creates an opportunity for me to check in and be like, what's going on here? Like, is this good? Is this not good? Is this going to create a change in my life that I need to be attentive to? And oftentimes disruptions create opportunities for Mm decision-making because a choice can get put in front of you or a series of choices, depending on what it is. And so I think this is something I'm kind of challenged by, which is why I wanted to do this topic today is in the midst of these disruptions. And now that I'm, this is actually a really helpful way for me to think about how my values are shifting and changing. Like it's, or, or that they look different. They're not necessarily changing, Mm -hmm. but that they look different because I I think it will help me to view the disruptions in a different way. Mm. Um, And it's interesting because, I mean, I, I can give kind of a concrete example of this. In the past years, I've been showing up in kind of more public ways. They feel public to me as an introvert. Right. They may not feel public to everyone, but speaking on social media, the book writing, putting mm-hmm. myself out there in a range of different you know, mediums. I am starting to feel a pull to not be out there in such a public way. Um, and that means I think for me, shifting my programming a little bit, still mm-hmm. marketing things, but maybe not speaking as much, you know, maybe not, um, being kind of I, what, what feels to me is just really out there. Um, right. and I, it's very nebulous, so it's hard for me to kind of describe, yeah. but so I think that this is kind of one example of when I'm looking at disruptions, decisions, you know, things that are coming up, I can say, I'm feeling a pull in a direction. Is this aligned with that direction? So it's almost like there are values there, but there are also kind of instincts Mm -hmm. that are, I think, coming out of those values that are aligned with those values. But it's almost like a, an unconscious expression of a need that is becoming conscious for me. I'm starting Mm to hear myself asking for certain things of myself um, and Mm -hmm. kind of poking my head up (laughs) internally going, you know, can we go in this direction or can we try this other thing? Um, And again, I, I'm really drawn to this concept right now of like a hibernation period. That's what it feels Mm -hmm. like. It feels just like a hibernation period of like, you know, there's been a lot of exposure because of a lot of things. And now I'm starting to feel like, okay, let me just go into a cave for a little while. And it doesn't mean I'm not going to be doing stuff. It just means I'd like to do it in a more quiet way um, or a way that feels quiet to me. And that could still mean speaking. That could still mean doing, you know, various things. But 
So I think that when it comes to thinking about the misalignment, it's using those opportunities of disruption and decision-making to really try to sit in the moment, in the decision, in the, even in the uncomfortableness of like being in between, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, where, where a decision hasn't been made and just trying to see how it feels. And like, what is this? What are the true things that are happening here that, and there's a lot of stuff, I think on the surface, when this, when you have decisions, when you have disruptions that it can be very distracting. Yes. (laughs) So what I'm trying to do is go beneath the distraction Mm -hmm. to say, what is at the core of this? And is this moving me where I want to go? Right. Um, And that allows you to strip away a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's helpful to me, I think. Yeah. When I'm kind of thinking in those directions. I think one of the most radical practices that I've actually implemented in that direction that I think really speaks to that sort of sense of there's like a surface level around a lot of these decisions. that's kind of like flashing pretty brightly. (laughs) And so I have started to give myself, I used to be, and I still am like, I'm a pretty good emailer. Like I, I'm an inbox zero person. And so part of my like instincts is that like if an opportunity comes up or something comes across my desk, like, I I used to be a person that made pretty snap decisions about it. Like, yes, this, no, this, Um, which led to me saying to yes to a lot of things that if I had given a pause to it, I think I would have made a different choice. (laughs) And so I am now starting the practice of saying like, I'll get back to you on Tuesday or, and giving myself this chance to kind of pause, (coughs) excuse me, and see what's underneath those kind of flashing lights of the decision. And I think that a lot of us, if we were to give a little bit of space, can sort of say like, yes, this um, feels like a good opportunity. This would definitely build in this certain area. And then there's this kind of like quiet part of us that for me, it sits like in my belly. (laughs) That's like, please don't commit to multi-state travel right now. You're exhausted. And my, that little voice needs help to quiet, like for the rest of the room to get quiet so that it can be heard. And that's often how I think about it when I'm making some of those choices. Um, But I'm really resonating with what you're saying about that these distractions, when they come up, we can either see them as inconveniences or like (laughs) um, really stressful situations, and they can be both that and a chance to do things differently. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm also thinking this feels like a time of possibility for learning. To kind of use these situations as a as a way to kind of or even a possibility to test out some of the stuff I've been talking about for the last year around radical self trust. You know, like what does it mean to do this in practice when things don't feel you know completely comfortable or or when you're in a moment that feels like a crossroads or you know something like that. But it is helpful also for me to be reminded. You know, I recently made a decision um, that was a pretty big one, and I went pretty significantly with the feeling I had in my gut, like physical feeling. Like I had, you know, after a particular conversation, my gut, like it was like a rock was just sitting in my gut. And I was like, this is not how I want to be feeling. This is not like, this is a sign that this is not good. I do not like this. Um, And then almost immediately after that, I had a different kind of situation and, and I, it felt so easy and free. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Like, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for juxtaposing that universe, because that really helps me to like understand what was going on here. Um, And so the physical thing is actually very important to me. And I, I do feel like there are excited feelings that I get kind of in my, my gut or my stomach. And then there are feelings of dread that they feel different they feel really different. And, and if you listen for that, and I think for other people, this happens in other parts of their bodies. So it's not just a stomach thing, but, um, just where am I holding my tension? Where am I, you know, feeling, um, the answer to certain questions. And yeah, I mean, I think that that's something that I've been paying attention to more in the past, you know, recent months, just because I've had some things come up that I've had to really make decisions around. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's a helpful thing to combine the physical, the mm-hmm. mental, even the emotional around right. some of these issues. Um and just kind of again kind of settle into the moment of this thing is here, it feels yeah. disruptive, 
what's really under the surface. Right. Um, does it move me forward in a way that right. feels good? Yes. And I think that what I'm really hearing is the kind of like taking this idea of radical self-trust and moving it not um, from a kind of like overarching this is the thing that sort of guides everything on this big, like super level. And then also saying like, what does this look like when I practice it minute by minute? <laughs> like, what does it look like when I'm letting it live on this different time scale? Um, because a lot of the way that you write about it is sort of like the center of the wheel. Mm-hmm. And this feels like it's also like moving out into the spokes of the kind of just like minute by minute decision making. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that part of it is it, it's teaching me something about the flexibility around it. So one of the, and if people don't know what this is, I'll post yeah. a link to it in the show notes, but this is a kind of a framework I've created for some of my coaching work. And one of the spokes of that wheel is self-knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I think even this conversation around how values transform over time and in your life, depending on kind of what's going on, it helps me to have knowledge about myself that's different because I'm showing up differently. My values are showing up differently. Even though they're consistent, they look different. I'm acting different based on all of that. (laughs) Um, And it does impact other parts of the wheel because another part of it is living out your core values with intention. Yeah, I'm still doing that, but it looks different. So like there's all these connections between the different elements of radical self-trust and what it means to eventually one of the elements of it is settle into your life's purpose. You know, like all of these things move you forward toward this concept of kind of increased awareness of yourself and what you need. Um, But I think that it's one of those, it's such a good example of how it's a practice and it's not like I'm done. I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm done practicing it. I've reached, reached a level of mastery with radical yeah. self-trust and now I don't have to worry about it anymore. I feel like I'm absolutely in practice mode with a lot of right. this work and that I have been for, you know, however right. long that I've, since I've named it, but now it feels very acute. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely see it. Like when you were saying minute by minute, you're like, yes. I feel, I feel it on a daily basis. I see it in terms of my actions. I see it differently than I used to. Um, and so there's a maturation of that too, in terms of just how it's showing up and what it's helping me to think about and do. Yeah. And I guess one of the things that I really want to call out and like really give you credit for is how you're approaching that with a sense of curiosity as opposed to like fear. <laughs> because mm-hmm. uh, I think it would be so easy to kind of slip in and be like, everything feels different. Nothing feels right. I don't know where to look. I don't know how to reorient myself in this world that looks totally foreign to me. And I'm really hearing a lot of like self-trust and, and curiosity. Like, what does it feel like? <laughs> mm-hmm. What does it feel like in my stomach? What does it look like over here? What does this practice seem like? And I think that that, um, that mindset shift into kind of self-curiosity is such an important driver. We can get so many new points of data, so to speak, (laughs) when we look at all of these things that could otherwise feel like distractions or problems and say like, okay, let's get curious about this, like swirling pit of dread in my stomach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. When did it start? How does it feel? How does it line up with other times when I felt similar sensations? How does it feel different when I'm over here? Um, instead of being like, oh, this is a problem that I need to solve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting too, because what you're kind of making me think about, I completely agree with everything you just said. I do feel a sense of calm and trust about, you know, even feeling unsettled. Um, but also I think one of the challenges of a time like this is, especially when you have these disruptions, you have decisions, you have things you need to do. It's not happening in a vacuum. Mm -mm. You have other people around you who have opinions about what should happen (laughs) and what you should do and why. And I have also felt like part of this time for me has been a really intentional gathering of certain people around me Mm -hmm. to ask very particular kinds of questions. So 
seeking out certain people to help me think through a particular thing, um, to ask people that I know will ask me questions in the way I need to be asked them. Obviously talking with my partner has been a huge part of this, but it's also really helping me to see how the people around you need to be aligned so deeply with your values and anyone who knows you well will be able to help you kind of think through the things that are most important to you. And it's really helping me to see the people who are not aligned and that's okay. I mean, like they can be off kind of doing their thing. It's not a judgment. It's just an awareness of who is helpful and who is not. And I, I also want to be clear that the helpful people are not the ones who just go along with everything I say. I mean, they're pushing, they're poking, (laughs) they're asking critical questions. It's not, I'm not trying to surround myself with people who are just going to give me what I want. No. Um, But I am trying to surround myself with people who understand my values and respect them and are helping me to shift, you know, into certain mindsets or directions based on that. So that's the other piece of this that feels very salient right now is who is around me and helping me kind of think through various things. And that also feels like a really intentional piece of this time period for me. Yeah, I'm looking, I have, I'm looking at my tarot deck because what you're saying is really making me think of this certain card. Um, It's the eight of swords and I can't find it right now and I never can when I need to. Um, But the (laughs) image on most representations of this deck, well, I guess like the standard deck and I'm not going to go into like a tangent about tarot history because we don't have time. Um, But the image on this card is somebody who's being rowed in a boat and they're facing where they came from and somebody else is rowing them and facing in the other direction and to me when this card comes up it's always that moment that you're describing where you're moving and you know that you're moving and you need somebody that you trust to help steer you because they can see it differently than you can because all and I think that this is true for so many of us when we're moving or transitioning or growing that it's so easy to get fixated on looking where we were and trying to learn those lessons and trying to do all of that to process that it can be really vulnerable to trust other people and say like, what, how do you see me moving? (laughs) um, Where do you feel like I'm going? And the, the real wisdom in saying like, not everybody has a good perspective. And often the people on the shore that you're moving away from, emotionally, professionally, whatever, don't have a good vantage point Mm -hmm. because like you're moving farther and farther away from that point of reference. And it's not a judgment as much as it's just a reality that depending on where people are in proximity to you, um, they're going to have different viewpoints Mm -hmm. and that there is sometimes this moment where you just have to sort of trust and say like, what can you see? Because all I can see right now is where I'm, where I was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That resonates a lot. Because I do think that times of disruption or decision-making can feel very isolating and it can feel like a very heavy weight on Mm -hmm. your shoulders that you're the one who has to make a decision or who has to move forward in a particular way. And, um, it doesn't have to be that. I mean, that's, that's what I'm hearing and what you're saying is like, you, you really can, once you find those people that you trust, um, or a person or whomever it may be, you can lift that load. Um, and that's been very true, especially in the past month or so, I've been having some really, really good conversations with my partner and I feel very aligned with him right now. We, I feel like we're absolutely on the same page. We both are kind of moving in the right, same direction. Um, the right direction for us, I guess is a a good way to describe it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're on the same boat and it's just felt very relieving to be able to have those conversations and to not feel like I'm not being kind of supported, you know, in, in probably, you know, the most important relationship in my life right now. Um, and I know not everyone has that. Um, and so it feels like a privilege. I'm, I do not take it for granted. Um, but it has made this time and this season so much more easy to kind of think through because there isn't a, um, there's a level of acceptance. There's a level of self-acceptance and there's a level of acceptance from my partner that has helped me to take things as they come 
and say, okay, we're going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. We're going to figure this out and kind of make decisions that feel aligned with where we are right now and where we want to be in the future. Absolutely. And I think that when I think back on those times in my life, like I also have a partner and we, (laughs) as anybody who's been together with somebody for 15 years, like we have, like we've had periods where we felt to be in like boats going side by side and sometimes the same boat, sometimes in very different boats, but um, other ways that that feeling has shown up for me that I think are kind of important to name is like my therapist has been that person sometimes Mm -hmm. and really close friends and even like sets of ideas that felt totally fresh. Like I'm thinking of like a book that I came across in graduate school that like I was so consumed with what my project was. And then I read this new book and I was like, oh, this is the fresh air I was looking for. (laughs) Like this is the other side of the shore. And I think that for lots of us, um, that person can be somebody who's in a close relationship to us, but it doesn't need to be at all. And a lot of us, I think, are in some stage of looking for um, people to add to that team or resources to add to that team Mm -hmm. that you can kind of say like, (laughs) hey, (laughs) help, Um, help me see this. Yeah, I like this idea of thinking about, you know, when you're in when you're in a boat and you're trying yeah. to go from one side of a shore to another. I mean, I see it in some ways as like you're on a lake. It's a very big lake. Yeah. And you decide, you know, I'm ready to go to a different part of the lake. And then you set up shop at this other part of the lake for a period of time. And then there's another decision point and you say, okay, it's time for me to go back on the lake again. Yeah. And to see where I land, you know, and this other part of the shore, but it's all the same lake. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're getting different vantage points, but it's all the same lake. It's all the same life. You know, like, it's not like your life is completely changing. You're not a different person. Um, And that's what I like about thinking about this too, is evolution because Mm -hmm. evolution is slow and, and it's taking things that have been there for a long time and slowly shifting them in a way that feels like it's still familiar. So even as things change, it's like, well, this is, there are parts of this that feel comfortable, that feel safe because there's a familiarity there, even as it is shifting and changing. Yeah. I often think about it as a spiral. And so, um, the, (laughs) I, that you're kind of going in a circle and there's a certain way that if you want to, you can be really frustrated that you're kind of going in sort of a similar direction, but there's also from each different ring as you kind of move. And to me, it's like a spiral that goes down, it goes deeper. Um, each time you kind of revisit it, it's, it's both very familiar and totally different. Um, and I think that the more that we're kind of in tune with the way that we are encountering the same questions, the same, because to me, that's what values work is. <laughs> it's saying like, okay, like I do have these kind of like eight points on this circle and I'm always kind of in a journey of moving between them and moving in different places. But the, my work is to figure out, okay, like here I am and I'm three feet closer or I'm three feet farther. How is it different? And how is it the same? And how can I trust Um, and trust in the familiarity of it, that I don't need to panic, but also really learn what I need to from those nuanced differences, um, because that's how you kind of get to move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking about, kind of laughing to myself, thinking about when we you know, make our news resolutions or yeah. like anyone who knows anything about me knows I'm a goal setter and I check yeah. in, you know, quarterly, monthly, like how's everything going? And this is never something I would have put on that list of yeah. like revisiting my values and, and, or like enacting my values in ways that feel new or evolving towards something I'm not aware of yet. You know, like these are yeah. not things that are conscious often until we're in them. Right. And if we can have supports like coaching, you know, like, like this session, (laughs) it helps me to say like, oh, this is what's going on. Like, you know, and to not feel this sense of overwhelm around it because it's, it's natural. It's part of what happens, you know, all of that. But for people who are listening, hopefully this has been helpful because I think that we go through this and we don't realize we're going through it and it can feel very scary and very unsettling. And it doesn't have to be that. No, it doesn't have to feel that way. And it's not to say all life is not, not scary and not unsettling, you know, like we have, we will have those moments, but natural evolution 
it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be scary. It can be something that can feel very natural, very helpful, and very much in alignment with who you know, what you know about yourself, what you know about your values. Um, so anyway, that's the other piece of this is like, as someone who is very much about goal setting, mm-hmm. sometimes you're going to have things in your life that are not articulated as explicit goals, mm-hmm. but that are very important um, in terms yeah. of your own transitions and progress forward. Right. And I think to me, that's where our values can be really helpful is because they are this thing that are totally related with our goals. Like they're so intermeshed, but they also can be places that we can come out and kind of rest and say, okay, let me check back in. Like, let me, (laughs) let me check in to the hotel of radical self-trust for the night and say, like, how am I feeling? How am I doing? And put the rest of that work because like obviously we can't live in hotels our whole lives (laughs) like we can't um there's a certain amount of external work that always needs to happen and i think it's always it's always bewildering to me i sometimes walk around the grocery store thinking about you know like who am i and what am i doing and these big questions and i'm also like picking out frozen pizzas for the week and i think there's always that kind of dual layer of yes like i do have these goals and i do have but i also have these other big questions and it's not an either or and it's not a this is for this time and this is for this but they always kind of happen and there we're always kind of moving between the more abstract work around how are these showing up and how am I feeling about them and how am I checking in? And then that kind of really concrete, like what are today's tasks based on this week's allotment of this month's monthly goals of this quarter's, (laughs) this quarter's overall arc. So Hmm. this has been very helpful. Has it been? Okay. Good. Thank you. Yeah. So the question that I always like to end on is what are you feeling most excited to move forward with or kind of use in the immediate future, the longer distant future? Are there any activities that are coming up, tools you might re-engage or engage for the first time? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I would say thinking about this from a couple of perspectives. One is kind of in a mental place right now. I'm feeling very rooted in a space of just non-judgment, which mm. feels really good. Yeah. <laughs> just like <laughs> stuff is happening. I'm seeing it happen. I'm accepting that it's happening and I'm not trying to kind of overthink it. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be harsh about it. You know, like it's just, I'm letting things kind of flow and we'll see where that goes. But as part of that, so that's kind of the mental space, but as part of the physical space, um, I mentioned I have a massage later today and that feels like an important tool to kind of keep the embodiment happening as well in this, in this time and to align that kind of non-judgment mental space with the, and the flow of that with also releasing the tension of the body. And so that, like the timing of this session and the the massage I have scheduled feels very good. Like, I obviously did not know (laughs) this at a time. (laughs) Yeah, but that feels like something. um, And also this is really affirming for me, a lot of the tools I'm using right now, um, like the morning pages that I mentioned, um, that just feels right on. And the morning walks that I think I've mentioned on previous episodes, um, like all of this is feeling like, yep, this is just what you need right now. And it's, it looks different and that's okay, but this is absolutely the right set of tools to be kind of living in this moment. Yeah. And picturing those as kind of your cover crop that you've planted over your beds and you're just kind of letting them grow and be there and do their kind of nutrient work and not expecting a field full of clover to suddenly become papayas. (laughs) It's just, it's a different kind. Yeah. You are very skilled with the metaphors, Katie. It's my That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Yeah. That is <laughs> definitely a superpower for you. Yes, it's my superpower. So I'm excited. But yeah, this was really nourishing for me too. I think that's the kind of nice thing about conversations like this is that they do, they absolutely enrich both sides when they're, when they're working. So Okay. Well, good. Well, for folks who are listening in, Um, This is our last coaching session of the season. And what you will hear on the next episode is Katie and I debriefing our time coaching together. 
talking through some of the topics and offering some updates on how things are going, um, but also talking about some of our techniques and what we did as coaches um, and potentially as clients in these particular sessions. So stay tuned for that debrief episode. And Katie, as always, it is such a pleasure. Absolutely. Yay. All right. Talk to you again soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coach to Coach. For any resources mentioned in the episode, check out the episode show notes at drkatielinder.com slash coach. If you found this episode to be helpful, please take a moment to rate or review the show in Apple Podcasts or recommend this episode to a friend or colleague. Thanks for listening.